All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another thrilling episode of Truth and Reconciliation. It's the Pell with Fantasy Football League podcast. He's Peter Elwood. I'm Seth Martin. It is great to have you with us. Peter, dare I ask, how are you, sir? Uh, I'm doing all right, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I'm just I'm still in denial. Whatever the stages of grief are. I'm <laughs> Somewhere in the first couple. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's it's weird to not be in the playoffs for the first time since 2011. It just you know for a while just felt like it's it's just that's where you that's belong. The thing yeah. that happened, yeah. right? Uh, I imagine that's kind of uh, how Bill Belichick feels right about now. I mean, really, the parallels of y'all's life is they're, they're uncanny. Yeah, they they can still make it though. They can still make it. Um, I, I'm I'm done. You know, I I thought things were looking pretty good, um, but. Uh, yeah, didn't, didn't work out. I blame myself. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'd like to say it was just bad luck or whatever, but um, I blame myself. So tell us why, because uh, that I, I I would stand in the camp that you did have some cards stacked against you in the form of luck. I mean, I think I think things ran bad for me, especially <laughs> after like the way things started on Sunday. You're talking about this, this week in particular, right? This this week in particular, and I guess you know there are a couple a couple of points in the season, like losing by a fraction of a point to you. Don't worry about that. That's that's in the past. Putting I, up the second most points in a again, so you don't have to putting up the second most points in a week and losing to Chewy by five. Uh, <laughs> you know, scheduling flukes. Losing to Charles when he scored like a hundred, and my team scored eighty-seven. Mm-hmm. You know, there there were times where. Um, yeah, there, there there was some bad luck in there during the season where uh, a loss could have easily been a win, right? Mm-hmm. But this week, especially, uh, I I feel like I I should have won, uh, especially given I got forty seven points from my tight end, which is amazing, uh, kind of unheard of. And so things were looking really good early on Sunday, and then man, just such a crash and burn from every player oh. who was left. Uh, after conspiracy the, at this point, it was a, after the the twelve o'clock games on Sunday. Um, so, but I mean, I, you know, I, my, my quarterback put up four when he hadn't scored below twenty two for me before. Mm-hmm. My defense scored negative six, and my running back who I paid sixty nine dollars for in the auction suited up and never saw the field. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, those, those things, the stars aligned to, uh, just completely harpoon my season. Um, but like the quarterback and the defense, I blame myself because th- those weren't great. They weren't great matchups. I could have done more. I, I was complacent in using them. Um, I was kind of saving them for week 14, uh, you know, trying to prepare myself for the playoffs and, uh, I didn't get there. So uh, that's that's why I blame myself. I I should have sure. I should have done more to uh, to play to win the game. Uh, I understand that. I look at your roster and bench, and I go, you know, it was fluky, and I I feel for you because if your top three roster spots are in their average zone, then this is a, a competitive matchup that you probably take. And that was our prediction as of last week. Uh, looking at your bench, uh, I'm thankful, at least on your behalf, that you don't have any start-sit swings that you're lamenting over, you know, that would cause you to say, oh, if I'd only known to play this guy over this guy. There was, there was no 
you you played your best roster is what I'm saying, and it just it failed you this week. Uh, and I I lament. I can I have to congratulate Brock. Uh, and I th- I think it's only appropriate. Just like I I would be a hypocrite if I didn't congratulate him. And I felt like I had earned my spot uh, the way I had uh, because mine was a fluky schedule as well. And the reason I'm sitting in the um, ideal bracket, if if you want to argue that. So ultimately, though, Pete, I'm feeling for you. It is it is a weird existence. I I, I don't know how how are you gonna do? Like you, we talk about the playoff buy in, and and even though we've got money in the toilet bowl uh, to keep things interesting and make sure that rosters are set through the playoffs of those who have not made the playoffs, um, you know, I've I've been there. I've been there recently. It, it's hard to stay with your head in the game. So how are you feeling? I mean, you're the commissioner, you've got, you know, greater demand on your buy-in. You are the power ranking official and you are the co-host of TNR. So are you having to muster up now trying to, you know, pull from a shallow well, or do you feel like you're running on the high of just fantasy football in general? How, how are you doing looking at the forecast of the next three weeks and your level of buy-in? I still want to win the top score in a week for crying out loud because I've been <laughs> too close for too many times without getting any, any money back here. You know, I, I want to, uh, I, I want to get that. I, I, it'd be cool to win the toilet bowl, but, um, you know, it's uphill battle to do that. Um, and now I'm trying to think about like, all right, you know, who can I add off the waiver wire? Who'd be a deeper for next year sure. um, as well. So now there, there's still plenty, plenty still in the game for me, uh, plenty to be playing for. Um, yeah, you know, I think I, I think I've lost in the first round of the playoffs the last couple of years anyway. So yeah. um, it's it's not too uh, different from that anyway. But yeah, uh, that is, that is entirely too much about me. And um, yeah, right. I de- definitely you know congratulations to uh, to Brock who had a really good week in, uh, with uh, trying circumstances where he didn't have Kenny Galladay or DeAndre Swift, um, and he had a player who was ejected before halftime. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, that guy caught a 70-yard touchdown pass before being ejected. Well, so that was uh, awful, awful kind of him. Yep. Yep. Uh, this is the only catch of the day. Only catch uh, before being ejected was a 70-yard touchdown. But um, yeah, he, he had a good week. He put up 152 points. Totally respectable win. Um, you know, out, outperformed expectations there. And um, you know, congratulations to all the playoff teams. Um, you know, I think we should talk about uh, Charles's run, yeah. and um, but I also want to give a shout out to Derek as well, who has won the top score of the last two weeks. He's he, crushing it. He's drawn dead uh, last two weeks. He's um, put some monster scores and uh, definitely played the spoiler to beat Chris last week and beat That's Jared right. this week. That's right. Well, I owe him a particular debt of thanks because his his victories are what have affected our playoff bracket uh, standings. And yeah. uh, I'm, I'm, as uh, Chris pointed out in our chat, I'm, I'm particularly happy to not be going up in the uh, three-way love triangle between Jared and Chris and Chewy. So yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah, and, and Brock, uh, you know, the stars aligned for him to do the first round by, which is uh, pretty crazy considering he has the you know third lowest points scored on the season. Yep. Um, only only two teams have scored fewer points than him. Um, I was looking at the standings. You know, there are four playoff teams in the bottom five of points against. Uh, but then 
uh, Chris is at, has the third most points against him. Chris Windsor does, and then mm-hmm. Chewie's got the sixth most points against him. You know, so I was trying to build the case for my bad luck, but you know, I had the fifth most points against me. Um, so it's not like a, you know, I was just consistently dunked on with being uh, scored upon. That's why sure. that's why I missed. But it was interesting to see that uh, you. Jared, Charles, and Brock were all there in the bottom five of points against. So right. um, I think that definitely has been helpful, but yeah. um, not not a singular reason. Uh, sorry, it's crazy for Brock to to get to that, that first jump high. Just <laughs> so much had to happen. So much had to go his way. You know, on and, Sunday I was not watching a lot of football. It was a busy work day, and when you texted out the statement that you said my God, Brock's going to get the bye. I went, <laughs> what is happening right now? I was That was so yeah. unfathomable. We didn't even talk about that on the pod last week. I think we mentioned it as it was in his range of outcomes. Um, he had the widest range of outcomes. He was he could get the first round bye. He could totally miss the playoffs. Maybe we did. You're right. You're right. Um, Maybe I was, just dismissed it as completely but yeah, irrelevant. Yeah, but yeah. That, that was the... Uh, that was the length of time we, we spent on it because it sure seemed like it was more likely for him to miss the playoffs than for him to, to get the first round by. So yeah. uh, it was in the realm of possibilities, but it's like less than 10% chance. Right. So right. Um, not, not something we would dwell on a lot. Sure. Well, something that's interesting and congratulations also, let's just call out Chewy who uh, came in the league on a, uh, a tear his first year going all the way to the championship and taking it home, and then last year missed the playoffs and has come back with a roar and has just been marching slow and steady. And like we talked about this weekend, he is the, or this past week, he is the only one above 2,000 points for. He is but definitely the favorite going into the playoffs at this point, but he's got a tough, tough ladder to get there. Uh, but this year we had a two uh, manager swing, if you will, into the what will be the 2021 incumbent division. Last year we only had the one player swing, and the year before that I can't remember if we had. I guess Chuby would have been the only one. So our challenger and in incumbent division we talked about. I think early on in this season, maybe right before the league uh, launched back in August on our first podcast. Uh, we talked about how the challengers have been having a hard time challenging the incumbents, at least in our league. And so to see a two-manager swing this year hopefully is a positive trend looking forward and that we might start to see greater uh, balance if uh, the trend continues. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think so. And I think we'll see I think we'll see even more balance in the future as well. Um, you know, Derek and I are to meet in the challengers next year, and we've both got strong track records. And then I think our new guys, um, sure. you know, I, I think it, it's a lot of times we see the first year in the lead is challenging um, for uh, a lot of guys. You know, I think Jared struggled, Chris Windsor struggled, um, Charles struggled, and then, you know, he won the lead the next year. So, right. um, you know, I, I think it, there's a pretty quick turnaround from first year to the next year uh, a lot of times so i expect brian and uh, jared fleming to uh, be right in there next year as well so yeah. um y- you can tell they know what they're doing uh had some some bad luck with some of the players that they right. uh, spent a lot of money on but uh i think they'll uh, i think they'll 
do even better yeah, next year. I agree. So, yeah, I, I definitely think we'll see more balance and probably more seasons like this where, um, like even shooting into a ten and three record, you know, we may not even see that. May, maybe more um, nine and four, eight and five is the best record we, we see. Yeah, because I think we'll we'll have um, more more parity. So some interesting history. I think we've got some compelling story arcs taking place within our playoff bracket. Uh, the last time Brock won the playoffs was 2018, and he, I don't think it was quite the sneak in, but he, I think he was the sixth seed, and he won week one with a pretty low score of, I think, around, it was less than 140, and the following two weeks, if you remember, because I remember the season, because I was on in the other bracket marching to him in the championship. He scored above 170 the next two weeks, which that was before our additional flex spot. So that's a high score uh, week to week, yeah, considerably. And so he he low score snuck by in his bye, and then uh, he put up monster scores week two and three. Now wait, did he have the bye? I can't remember that part. No, uh, he was the sixth seed. He he okay. he won. He won with a score of one twenty three in go. the first round of the playoffs, and then yeah, you're right, over one seventy in rounds two and three. Yeah, so that's an interesting arc. So, and that was the story, if you remember from the draft, that he was like draft from the playoffs, draft from the playoffs. That was his big narrative yep. of twenty eighteen. Yeah. Yep. Uh, then Charles comes along and marches from a what two and seven record what was his record three and seven <laughs> <laughs> what, what was his arc the following year uh, so he, he, had a, he had a, he had a six and seven record but it was <laughs> good enough to get the first round by uh-huh. um and but then he put up scores of 160 and 169 in rounds two and three of the playoffs there you go and following that so, so yeah he, he wasn't the sixth seed but he had the worst record going into the playoffs. and one and one. And, one. Yep. and then we have uh, last year. That was last year. No. That was last year. That was yeah. last year. Yeah, 2017, Chewy was the number one seed. That was his first year. And, yep. And he he did not have a great score during his bye week, but he did ha- uh, score over 160 in both round two and three of the playoffs. So really, yeah. So we've got three previous champions in the playoffs. Chewy. Charles and Brock. Brock's won twice, mm-hmm. um, so he, you know, he's going for being the only manager to have three championship belts. Um, where you, Jared, and Chris have not won, and Jared has had terrible uh, performances in the playoffs. <laughs> where uh, I don't think Jared's ever won a playoff game um, I, in, I, in our league. I know he hasn't. <laughs> so that's 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 an interesting arc that he's got. And well, then, in 2017, he, he did get third place, so he would have had to win one. Um, he, he would have had to win the third the, place team. But yeah, yeah he, he's, did he have the? He's never he's never won a, a like a first round. Um, right. And team. going back to 2016, you this was the year that you won. Your appearance was a low score from the sixth seed in week or round one up against Ben who put up the lowest score in playoff history. And then you, uh, you kept, you kind of, you have an upward trend. You scored a few more points up against Scott in round two and beat him. And that was his last playoff appearance. And then you uh, came up and just, just barely about six points uh, came over the top 
of it was Michael. It was. It was Fitz, uh, and that was your uh, your victory that year. So, yeah, I'm coming back to you, man. You've had a good run. You've you've been consistent. You know what you need to do to make the playoffs, and uh, you had some cards stacked against you. And I I can't I can't stand fully in the circle that it's your fault. So. It is interesting though, going through that history in 2016, 2018, a six seed won the play, uh, won the yeah. championship, <laughs> and then in 2019, it wasn't a six seed, but Charles did have the worst record. Right. Um, so basically, the the low man on the totem pole coming into the playoffs uh, has won it three of the last four years. So I'm starting to think that Brock's draft for the championship is paying off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So now I don't know who we would consider to be the you know, the low man on the totem pole, is it Brock because he has the lowest points scored or is it Charles because he's the sixth seed? So that's it. Well, I so, guess. you know, we looked at the playoff bracket and we say, well, man, Chewie and Chris and Jared are all there in that, you know, top echelon of points scored on the season. And that, that you know, they got to face each other right. and kill each other off. But, you know, you and Charles and Brock are, are there in, in that, um, uh, the other, side of the bracket and you know, history says that uh, the odds may be in your favor uh, just from a lower point scored during the season sure. charged hard late. Yep. All right. Well, shall we discuss these matchups in depth or do you want to pay Let's any more homage to the consolation before we, we move forward? No, uh, no, yeah, let's, let's jump into it. All right. Uh, I, I was kind of hoping you would point out that you're playing Derek week one. And I thought that was uh, humorous. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't want to, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, all right, so the one thing about the Constellation ladder is like Derek and I have the top two seeds we play each other week one. We are the only teams that could lose week one and still have a shot at the toilet bowl. Um, the, the way the bracket works out, we could go yeah, lose, win, lose, win, win. To um, because if we lose, and we kind of go into like the middle tier of the bracket, then if we win in, in round two, then we jump back into the toilet bowl game. Um, ah. and so then you, if you win, you your, can take the toilet because bowl because of your record, yeah, because, because we got the seven and eight seats, mm-hmm. we can go lose win win. Everyone else has to win out, win out, okay, yep, gotcha, yep. Because this bracket, but it, there is no elimination in this bracket, is why. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, you're just you're climbing your way to the top. It's king, right. king of the hill style. So. Right. Uh, Meanwhile, we do have a winner's consolation ladder as well, which means absolutely nothing. Just no, nothing it's at all. just the worst. It's the, yep. it's the worst spot you can be playing for nothing. Yep. Top score. That's that's it. That, that's it. Yep. All right. Well, so congrats to Brock for not only sneaking into the playoffs but nailing the bye. In the second seed, congrats, and, and really stealing it from Chris Windsor. Congrats to Chewy for a phenomenal 10-3 and three season and taking that first round by. That leaves, as we said, Jared and Chris, both 7-6, and six going head-to-head this week in the 4-5 and five seed, and myself and Charles in the 3-6 and six seed, respectively, going head-to-head. I'm 9-4. and four. He is 7-6. and six. So... I think the game of the week is the obvious five and four seed between two seven and six powerhouse teams and Jared's narrative of got to win round one. Would you agree? Um, 
I, I think the game of the week. I, I think, I, I think the the closer game is you and Charles. Sure. Um, you know, Jared and Chris. Yeah, probably makes sense as the game of the week, just given their points scored on the season. But I think the more interesting matchup will be um, you and Charles. But let's let's talk about uh, Jared and Chris first. So. Um, as we look at it today, and you know, granted, saw I think the waivers just ran this morning. Lineups may not be totally set yet, but Chris is projected for an obscene 164 points right, right now, which is <laughs> really high. Right. Um, Jared's projected for 142. Um, now, Chris does have some things going in his favor. Uh, he's at Tannehill at quarterback playing Jacksonville. Um, that's really helpful. He's got David Montgomery at home against Houston's terrible run defense. Um, and he's got Devontae Adams at Detroit against their terrible defense. He's got Hunter Henry facing Atlanta's lead worst defense against tight ends. Um, now, the one thing he does have that is a question mark now is Christian McCaffrey. That's right. And that's why I think he's overprojected. Because there's yeah. a lot of confidence that he's going to play, even though they're teasing out this new injury, which I think makes nine injuries on the season. <laughs> McCaffrey, something, something in there. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, that'll be interesting. You know, that's um, you know, that's sixty dollars of Chris's auction budget that has not got a lot of utility out of this year. Um, you know. When he has played, he's scored 28, 24, and 37 points. Yeah, phenomenal. But he's only played those, he's only played those three games. So, you know, if he, if he plays, he'll he'll be awesome. Uh, that would certainly be a huge uh, trump card in Chris's favor if he gets McCaffrey back at some point uh, during the playoffs. But um, it seems unlikely, given that this latest injury is a new injury that tightened up on him or, or whatever. Sure. Um, it doesn't seem like they're going to rush him back, um, but we we, sh- we shall uh, be paying close attention to that one for sure. That's right. You know, Chris's saving grace this year has been Devontae Adams in lieu of Christian McCaffrey. And for him to have played the majority of the season, he's got over 1,000 yards. He's averaging 26 points a game. That is awesome. And uh, that has certainly carried him as a stud in lieu of Christian's non-appearances. The uh, lineup decisions that they have um, in lieu of if Christian McCaffrey doesn't play, and right now he's sitting in a flex spot, uh, he's got some options on his bench currently. There's a questionable Jerry Judy. Uh, Gibson, who uh, went down uh, much to the bane of 50% of our daily fantasy uh, draft this past Sunday, is no longer an option, and that is a real kick in the teeth because he was the secondary backup to Christian McCaffrey, and that is, that is a bummer uh, in terms of points for not position. Uh, and so Chris has his work cut out for him if those holes... Uh, can't be patched. So over on the other side, uh, looking at Jared's team, he has the weaker push matchups head-to-head, I think, but he's got um, a less favorable matchup in uh, the Josh Allen game. And ultimately, I think that the consistency... 
I feel like this call here is Jared's going to be consistent and Chris is going to be boomer bust. That's how I feel. How do you feel about the, the head to head? You know, looking at their benches, one thing really interesting is that if McCaffrey doesn't play, his backup is Mike Davis, who I did not realize Chris dropped on Tuesday. And then Jared picked up this Oh, morning. that's a kick in the teeth. <laughs> so, wow. So Chris dropped Mike Davis, you know, expecting McCaffrey to return. And then news comes out on Wednesday that McCaffrey's got this new injury. And Jared picked up Mike Davis this morning. Uh, off off the waivers. So um, if McCaffrey doesn't play, that's a huge swing uh-huh. because Jared could use the help in the, the flex positions for sure. You know, he's not James Conner. He's not Derrick Henry. Um, he currently has Miles Sanders on his bench, which would be, uh, you know, I understand Miles Sanders has been diff- disappointing, but uh, you know, it's hard to, hard to bench a, a guy who, um, you know, has the role that he does. That's so right. yeah, um, it'll top, be interesting to see if, wide, if he plays yeah. him. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Jared could use that help because, uh, you know, he's got two tight ends in there and either one is, you know, a super stud uh, option. Sure. Um, and yeah, so I think, I think there are uh, tougher matchups for the most part on Jared's side. Uh, and then the, the difference here between uh, Derek Henry for Jared and Ryan Tannehill for Chris will be interesting as well, since they're both playing Jacksonville. Right. You got to figure the Titans are going to score points in buckets one way or another. That's it's right. just, is it going to be Tannehill through the air or Derek Henry on the ground? I, I'd probably lean towards Henry, um, which would, which would favor Jared. So, right. uh, and you know, if Henry has a big day, he could have a really big day. Um, uh, just d- given his, the, the way, you know, he can get going and break off 70 yard touchdown runs. Um, so this, this, it will be interesting to, there are some kind of opposing factors here between the two sides uh, that could swing the matchup, uh, just depending on how, uh, how certain things fall in individual NFL game matchups. Who's your call? I'm going to, um, I'm going to go for, I think Chris just has a lot going for him. I'm, yep. I'm going to go for Chris uh, in this well. one. And uh, Jared's playoff luck continues to, to run bad. <laughs> I, <laughs> I want to pull for Jared because of that. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah. I'm, I'm extremely loyal to Chris. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, and this, you know, removing the relationships aside, I'm looking at it. I think that Chris has the more likely chance here. Yep, I I don't have a dog on the hunt. I'd be happy for either one of them to win. Sure, sure. of course, so. of course. Alternatively, though, our other seed matchup here, I do have a dog in the fight. I'm up against the lobbyist Charles <laughs> Gaines, who has currently um, not filled his roster just yet, and so uh, our projected scores are going to be a little bit more in alignment uh, once he takes care of. I think it's his defense. Yeah. Uh, yep. And the he's got the Pats set on his bench if he's planning on uh, dropping them in, unless he's going to stream a, a late pickup. Uh, but there's not a ton of options out there for him, so uh, I will uh, defer to you for our rundown and let it be a more unbiased <laughs> perspective before I opt in to say that I'm going to beat him. <laughs> You know, once uh yeah once he puts the 
Patriots defense in there, y'all are going to be really tightly projected. Right. Um, just a, a couple points difference. So, um, you know, the, the thing about Charles's team is that he has this, this Viking stack of Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, and Adam Thielen, which has really just been crushing for him um, the last two weeks. And this week they are, go on the road to Tampa Bay, which I think is a more challenging matchup than what they've had the, the last couple of weeks. Last couple of weeks, they played Carolina at home and they played Jacksonville at home. The week before that, it was Dallas at home. So they've, they've just had three home games against some subpar teams. Um, and that, that's really, I think, boosted Charles into the playoffs here. But now going on the road to Tampa Bay, I, I don't know. It, you know, his, his, you know, the nucleus of his team is so strongly centered around Minnesota um, you know, r- ride or die. That's, that's how, he, that's how he's going to win or lose. Um, yeah. and I think on the road at Tampa Bay is, mm, it, it's a tougher matchup for Minnesota because Minnesota really wants to run the ball and Tampa Bay, uh, does a good job of stopping the run. So if Minnesota wants to win the game, they should probably take to the air more and throw it, which would be great for Jefferson and Thielen. I just don't know if they're going to do that because they may, you know, stick with how they want to win, which is running the ball. Um, so that will be certainly a huge factor here, uh, for Charles. I think it could go well. They could throw it, air it out to Jefferson and Thielen and then have Dalvin to, you know, kind of come in later, um, to try to slam the door. But, um, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. He's also got, um, Zeke playing Cincinnati, which is a good matchup. Uh, there's a question mark on the health there. He may not practice very much leading up to that game, which makes you wonder, is he going to get his full workload? Uh, and then he's got Robbie Anderson facing Denver, which is a good matchup, especially if the rest of the Carolina wide receivers, uh, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, are on the COVID list. If they, if they don't get off the COVID list by then, Robbie Anderson may be getting uh, some extra targets, which would be good for Charles. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, he's still got guys like Russell Gage and Emmanuel Sanders in his flex spots, which, uh, you know, I look at them and I think, well, you know, they're trash, but Charles has been getting production from those kinds of wide receivers all year. You know, T.Y. Hilton went off last week. He's had That's Nelson right. Aguilar go off in other weeks. Um, you know, he just, uh, there, there's a lot of, uh, you know, good picking of when to play these guys by Charles. Um, so I, I I'm not gonna, not gonna bet against him there. Um, on, on the flip side, you've got your Saints. <laughs> you've got your Saints stack um, going on the road to Philadelphia, which uh, I think in previous seasons would have been more intimidating sure. than it looks this year. The, the, obviously, the, the biggest issue for your Saints is uh, continues to be Taysom Hill. Um, it doesn't seem like he's really ever going to support both of your guys going over 20 points in a game right um that they, they did better last week but they're playing the Falcons so um you know everyone looks better against the Falcons so um yeah I, I think uh it looks like Drew Brees is probably not to return this week so uh but m- maybe n- next week so that would be uh what you're hoping for is get through this week and uh, have Drew Brees return and both uh, Tamara and Thomas can be uh you know Power Over house. twenty point guys against, sure. uh, again, right? So that'd be nice. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, and then and there there isn't a, a standout matchup anywhere else. I, I like your team though. You know, I like uh, Deontay Johnson and Terry mm-hmm. McLaurin a lot. I just don't know if these are great matchups for them. I like Deshaun Watson a lot. I don't know yeah. if it's a great matchup for him going to Chicago. Right. Um, so this will probably be. I think. I think both of you and Charles are probably going to score lower than your projection and lower than your season average. But I think this is a very very close matchup. I I don't know how to call this one honestly. Yeah, I do also think this has been a uh, overprojected game right now, but it is going to be a really close matchup. And as you said, uh, my quarterback in the Saints situation is not great for the way my team is built, but it has looked up in the past couple of weeks. And uh, if I can just get them 15 points out of both of them, I'm really happy. What I don't want, you know, worst case scenario is Taysom just runs the ball all day long by himself and never throws it. Yep. So best case scenario, he does a little of, you know, Alvin Kamara gets a touchdown. He tosses one to uh, Michael Thomas as well. And, and Thomas gets a hundred yards or whatever. That's a good situation, best case scenario, 15 to 20 point net for him, 13 to 15 point net for Kamara. But if I can just have a, a, a blend between those two, like you said, and get through this week, I think I'm okay. I feel like Taysom has been targeting in the past couple of weeks Michael Thomas a little bit more, and that's been helpful. Uh, but at the same time, he's just kind of a bruiser out there who likes to run the ball down the field on his own. And, yep. it, and it works because at some point, it's part of their offense is so miraculous out there is they've got Alvin Kamara. They can put him in the backfield, and the defensive line is going to chase him and leave a wide-open hole for Taysom to do his thing. And so he's, a, he's the perfect decoy because he is a monster. And that play has been working every week. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see what that ends up looking like. I'm thankful that... Naheem Hines has been as stellar as he's been. I, I'm, he's just been a good backfill in lieu of that for me. And Deontay Johnson, as you said, has been pretty dependable. Um, and Terry McLaurin, I pay, overpaid for him, but I love him. And I think I've drafted him almost every week in daily fantasy as well. Like he's just, my, <laughs> he's just my guy. Yeah. Uh, but it is going to be close. I do think I have the upper hand, but that could all fall apart. <laughs> so <laughs> there it is. Yep. Yeah. I think, you know, Charles is a really high variance team. I think he's going to have really strong weeks and he's going to have really disappointing weeks, just the way he, bu- he builds his teams. Yeah. And I think that's what we saw last year too. Um, so it just depends on, you know, if, if he, if he hits, um, we, we shall see. I, I, I think I would, I think I would, uh, Call this one in Charles's favor right now, just based on based on the matchups. But I think it's be really close, and I think it's to be um, I think it's to be low scoring. I don't, I don't know if you guys are going to top one forty in in points um, this week. So just trying to make it through this week and uh, get to next week. But um, uh, I think this is the demo week because I think this is the, the far more interesting two, matchup. Sure. Yep. yep, yep, that makes sense. All right, well, with that. Looking at the Constellation ladder briefly, we do have Derek and Peter going up against one another, two top dogs in the Constellation. We've got, uh, let's see here, Fitz is taking on other Jared, and we've got Scott is taking on, uh, who's he playing this week, Brian. So, uh, 
those matchups in mind, in fact, just a brief glance at them, the most interesting one to me is Scott and Brian, but the uh, and outside of y'all's, sorry, outside of the consolation game of the week. Uh, but uh, anything you want to say about that before we wrap this one up? I just say similar to how Derek and I could go lose, win, win to get to the toilet bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the seedings, Jared Fleming and Michael could go win, lose, lose, and end up with the last place. So, um, you know, a, a win in this first week doesn't guarantee them safety from last place uh, and facing the punishment, which, you know, as it stands, is still you take the SAT That's or right. you lose a te- lose a keeper. That's right. Um, something we or should. Or you quit the league and take take, yeah. take the coward's way out, yes. <laughs> which has been true. done multiple times. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Uh, so. Yeah, because the way that the seating works, you know, Derek and I have the advantage. Uh, yeah, if we lose out, we will be last place. Um, and if Michael and Jared win out, they will win the the toilet bowl. But uh, there's also that that hitch in the middle where um, you know a first round loss for Derek and I doesn't condemn us from getting to the toilet bowl. A first round win for Michael and Jared doesn't guarantee them safety from last place. So all right. Um, Something to uh, keep in mind as we head into uh, to round two. That's right. So don't uh, don't go to sleep over there in the consolation bracket, gentlemen. Is what he's saying. The waiver wire is still hot. Your wins still matter. I got nothing else after that. I was hoping. hoping <laughs> I thought you were building towards something. <laughs> I, I, it felt like I was, and then I fell off a cliff. I was like, man, I really. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's land this plane well right. that's a great all right, summation land this plane. and all the more reason to stay in the game and hopefully that's good advice to yourself because i don't know if it's because it's early morning or because you're still in whatever stage of grief that you're in definitely see that uh hopefully things are looking up for you man don't forget that it's the greatest fantasy football league in the world and this is its podcast he's peter Elwood. i'm seth martin thanks for tuning in good night